Hi, I'm Patty Scalzo, and along with the Church of Shi'ar Jeshub Christian Tabernacle in Madison, Connecticut, we welcome you to this edition of Shi'ar Jeshub. Today, Pastor Greg Scalzo will be starting the next sermon in his Through the Bible series on Heavenly Authority. You can find information about our church at shiarjeshub.org, and you can view our weekly Sunday message on the Shi'ar Jeshub Christian Tabernacle YouTube channel. Here's Pastor Greg. In the Heavenly Authority series, we looked at first apostles, uh, second prophets, third teachers, right? That's in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 28. Then we read in Ephesians 4, 11 to 12, he gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists. So we studied uh, about the evangelists. And we finished that section the last time. And when we talked about Philip the evangelist, we touched on ministry and marriage and family. So today, what I'd like to do in the Heavenly Authority series is take a little bit of an interlude before we go on to miracles, then gifts of healings, helps, administrations, variety of tongues. Before we go on and look at the other offices, I'd like to take a pause in going through the offices to discuss celibacy versus marriage in ministry. And obviously, um, you know that there are churches, there are uh, older churches that have priesthoods where they take vows of celibacy for life. And what does the Bible say as far as heavenly authority, authority in the church concerning marriage and or celibacy? Now, you know in the Old Testament, we study the priesthood, right? The descendants of Aaron. Now, could the priests in the Old Testament marry? Yes, otherwise you would have no descendants of Aaron, right? It was a priesthood based upon lineage, and you can't have descendants of Aaron unless Aaron gets married and his sons get married. So marriage was clear for the Old Testament priest. Um, we saw the judges. The judges married. The kings married. Uh, the prophets could marry. Samuel married. Isaiah, you know, in Isaiah chapter 7, uh, verse 3, Then the Lord said to Isaiah, Go now to meet Ahaz, you and Shea Jashub, your son. Uh, chapter 8, verse 3, Then I went to the prophetess, and she conceived and bore a son. So Isaiah was married. He had two sons we read about here, and his wife is called the prophetess. So there was no question about this at all in the Old Testament. Okay. Now, Paul, where does it come from? Where does the controversy come from? Uh, Paul clearly had the gift of celibacy. And celibacy, again, is not being married. It's not just not being married. It's not being married and abstention from sexual intercourse. Since sex can only be in the Bible between a married couple acceptable to God, it was total abstinence uh, not being married. Uh, if you read, and here's where the controversy comes in, if you read in 1 Corinthians chapter 7, and remember as we read this, we read it, it's written by Paul, the Holy Spirit has anointed him. 
And Paul, you know, there's certain things we understand clearly based upon our experience, certain truths of God that based upon what we've been through, we'll see clearer maybe than somebody else. And Paul has a very good um, insight here into the service that he and people like him have in Christ Jesus, that he's able to be single and serve the Lord. In 1 Corinthians chapter 7, uh, starting at verse 1, Now concerning the things of which you wrote to me, it is good for a man not to touch a woman. Okay. And again, this idea of celibacy is not, well, an absence of marriage, but then every so often uh, the servant of God finds some other outlet for their passions, right? This is total abstinence, total, complete abstinence. The priest cannot turn his collar every year to go out and find somebody to have sex with and then be, you know, celibate the other 364 days of the year, as sometimes has happened. It is good for a man not to touch a woman. Nevertheless, he says, because of sexual immorality. And what he says in verse 2 is true. Okay, very true. Because of sexual immorality, let each man have his own wife and let each woman have her own husband. Given the natural condition of mankind in a world filled with lust, it's wise, it's very wise for a man to be married and a woman to be married. But that's not the only reason for marriage. What he's saying in verse 2, obviously, it's in the scriptures, is totally true. But there's more the scripture says about marriage than just that. But it's a true statement. Nevertheless, because of sexual morality, let each man have his own wife and let each woman have her own husband. Let the husband, and he, it goes on to be very explicit here, how important it is that giving the natural order of things and given this world, which is apart from God, you know, the Lord set it up that his spirit was supposed to rule our spirit. And our spirit was supposed to rule in the Holy Spirit our minds and our bodies, right? But the world is all backwards, right? The fellowship with God is cut. And so too often the body, the body rules the mind and rules the spirit. And so given this world where there's so much immorality, it's very important that each man have his own wife and each woman have her own husband. You know, and it's one to one, one man to one woman. There's not polygamy here. There's not homosexuality here. This is the original relationship, Adam and Eve. Verse 3, and here's the explicit part, let the husband render to his wife the affection due her. And likewise also the wife to her husband. The wife does not have authority over her own body, but the husband does. And likewise, the husband does not have authority over his own body, but the wife does. Do not deprive one another, except with consent, you both agree, for a time that you may give yourself to fasting and prayer. Whereas if you both agree on it, that there should be a time set apart to fast and pray, then you can uh, abstain. But what does he say? And come together again so that Satan does not tempt you because of your lack of self-control. He understands the human condition. For a time... Both people in the marriage abstain for prayer, for fasting. Make sure there's a time you come back together. Don't make it open-ended because the devil's going to get in there, you know, 
Uh, the guy's going to go out and see somebody. The woman's going to go out and see someone. Because of lack of self-control, he understands that not all Christians are where they should be. So be smart. Don't be stupid. Don't be foolish. Lest Satan tempt you because of your lack of self-control. Now, he's got a good understanding. You know, he's talking to the church at Corinth, and we know what's going on at Corinth. So he knows the basic human nature, and he knows that human nature, even when someone gets saved, uh, and so many Christians are so childish, you better do things right to take into account the natural relationship that's needed, that you don't fall into the lust and immorality of the rest of the world. He gives some very sage advice. He says in verse 6, uh, but I say this as a concession, not as a commandment. He's, he's not commanding them, he's conceding it. He would like everyone to just be in the Lord and be holy and totally given over to the Lord Jesus Christ. And he says that here in verse 7. For I wish that all men were even as myself, could be like him. Paul had no wife, and it doesn't seem to have bothered him. He doesn't seem to have had the trials that many men go through. He was able to just focus on the Lord totally, completely, and serve his God, and he didn't need to have a wife. He was not frustrated. And he says, I wish that all men were even as myself, but, but what? But each one has his own gift, and this is very critical, from God. One in this gift and another in that. Whereas no matter what Paul wishes, Paul's not God. You can't force God. Who gives the gift? God gives the gift. And he gives one a gift in one way, one a gift in another. And God gave a gift to Paul, this gift of celibacy. right? But God has not ordained, and we're going to see that, that all be like Paul. And this is where the confusion comes in in the Catholic Church. And they've had so many problems, and the media has great focus on it because it, when you, you know, most people, they just see Christendom. They don't say Catholic, Protestant, Evangelical, born again, Pentecostal, Baptist. They see the Pope, and they see Catholicism. And well, isn't that the oldest church? And isn't that the main representative of Christianity? And this is a stumbling block a main stumbling block in the Catholic Church. Paul is saying, I wish people were like me, but God gives the gift. If everyone was like Paul, there would be no next generation of believers, right? There were, there were was it the Shakers? Who were the ones that, um, the Shakers, right? The men were on one side, the women were on the other side. They, they all had the vow of celibacy, right? And they died out because there was nobody to replace them. Well, they were great for doctrine. Yeah, they, that's right. And they also proselytized. Now, obviously, the Catholic Church is very big upon the married people having a lot of children, and that keeps their numbers up. But they see the priesthood, which, what is the priesthood of the New Testament? In the New Testament, the priesthood is the priesthood of believers. Everyone is to be a priest and king. We are a uh, a holy nation, a chosen people, a holy priesthood, right? A priesthood in the order of Melchizedek, kings and priests to our God, every believer. But they set aside a select few that are supposed to be like Paul, and only they can be in positions of authority. Now, is that biblical? Let's go on and see.
But I want you to first get the concept of what the celibacy is all about and where it originates in the scriptures. Let's go down to verse 25. On our website at shiarjashub.org, you will find information about our church, including location and times of our services, info on Pastor Greg's award-winning book, The Nature and Power of Prayer, and a library of hundreds of Bible study radio programs, as well as some special offers to help you in your walk with Jesus. That website again is s-h-e-a-r hyphen j-a-s-h-u-b dot o-r-g. And we have also added links for those who would like to listen to the Through the Bible Heavenly Authority series on Google Podcasts and Apple Podcasts. Plus, we have a significant video library of our Sunday sermons. We live stream the Sunday morning service at 10.30 a.m. on YouTube, and then the video is posted up on the Shi'ar Jeshub Christian Tabernacle channel, both on YouTube and Rumble.com, as well as on the church website itself for 24-7 access. Pastor Greg is currently teaching a fascinating series on last-day events, and Associate Pastor Francis David delivers topical sermons that help us understand the rich Hebrew and Greek of the scriptures. The website address again is shiarjashub.org, and you can check Isaiah 7, verse 3 for the spelling. Please join us next time for Shiar Jashub.